Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. All right, all right. Hey, Love City. I am uh, just so good to see your faces before I came in the light. Um, but now it's it's fuzzy, but things will become clear soon. Hey, uh, it is uh, just so, so good to be here in the house, Love City. Um, you know, Pastor Ryan, Pastor Steph, they are just some of our uh, best friends. As you heard last week, Pastor Ryan is my fishing buddy as well. Um, and uh, so it is, uh, yeah, they're just great friends. I just so value them. Um, we love you guys. I feel like I'm in this journey with you like as you're going through uh you know pastor ryan and i we talk about pray about so every stage and every as you're going so i feel like i'm right with you guys so (laughs) it is good to be here um have you ever wondered, like when, when you read the, the story of Moses and when he, when he, like when God opens the Red Sea, have you ever thought, how would that be to walk through that? Where there's a wall of water, a wall of water, you put your best shoes on, they're not even getting wet, and you're seeing this, and it's like I'm walking through a miracle. And how would that be? But did you know right now, where you're seated, look, look this way, look that way, look, look at someone next to you, you're right now in a miracle. You know, how you guys got this building is a miracle. You're like, I'm new, I don't even know how I got this, how we got, we, 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 need, we need a miracle for this? Yeah, talk to someone who's before. How you got it was a miracle. God opened the Red Sea so that he could bring freedom to his people. God opened this for you guys so that Love City could bring freedom and the hope of Jesus Christ to Calgary. Come on. So I'm just so thankful to be here. I'm just, I'm excited what God is doing in Love City. And uh, you guys are my favorite church in the South. Because, uh, well, I pastor in the north uh, at Thrive Church. So you're my favorite uh, church south of uh, 35th Ave Northwest. (laughs) But honestly, I feel like I'm coming home to family. Uh, So it's good to be here. Hey, I thought I'd show some pictures because you're like, who are these people? I thought I'd show. Here's a picture of my family. Um, Maybe we have that. A picture of my wife, my kids. If not, I am. There is my wife, Natalie. We have uh, my son, Levi. He's five. And my daughter, Elia, who is one and a half and is a climber and is a runner. Now, I was only going to show you that picture. Don't worry about it. The only reason I was going to show you that is so I could show you a picture of my family, and then I have a second picture that I wanted to show you. And I'll just, uh, I'll describe it because uh, I'm going to describe it. It is a picture, it was a picture of me fishing, and I had this big fish that I pulled from the bow, and in the bottom right-hand corner from my selfie was Pastor Ryan right here with no fish. Yeah, like I wanted to show you my family, but I also wanted to show you that. So instead, just use your imagination. Um, 
But hey, it is so good to be here. And I believe as God has made a way so far, he'll continue to make a way in Jesus' name. Now, we're going to pick up the account uh, today of Moses when God calls Moses. When God calls Moses, we're in a series that God will make a way. Amen? That God will make a way. And there's something in this account that I believe when you and I lean in by faith that I think that we can get, we can glean, and that will actually help build our faith and our walk. Because here's the thing. God didn't just call Moses. Today, God is calling you. That today, God is calling you as he's called Moses. It's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident that you're here at this time. It's not an accident that you're in Calgary. It's not an accident. See, God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. And he has a call. And his call is to be a part of his story, his plan, his purpose for the world. That he has a call for you. So we're going to pick up where God calls Moses. Moses was 40 when he left Egypt. He ran. Now he is 40 years later, which is 80, the young, ripe age of 80. Uh, you know, he's just getting started. I don't know if you're around time. Well, it just means you're just getting started. God has got good things for you. So Moses, he fled Egypt. Uh, his father-in-law is a shepherd. So now he is a shepherd. He's been a shepherd for 40 years in Midian, uh, 40 years of protecting sheep, chasing after sheep. Somehow sheep feel the need to like, oh, there's a bush. Let me just get really close. And they get stuck. Like what kind of animal, uh, like a bush is danger, a sheep. And we're compared to sheep in the Bible. Cool, 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 cool. But, and so this is what Moses has been doing. He is now on, um, he's now in Midian. He's been a shepherd for 40 years and he's chasing after sheep, protecting sheep, sheep that aren't even his own. And he's in the wilderness. He's in the wilderness. Why is he in the wilderness? It doesn't make sense, right? Like, if you've got a bunch of sheep, why are you where there is no water? Why are you where there's no grass? Uh, well, because a good shepherd, actually, in those times and in that part of the world, it's not like you have meadows. It's like, okay, we're going to take you sheep from this meadow to this meadow, and you skip along. But instead, there would oftentimes, there would be a grassy plain, wilderness, and grassy plain. So a good shepherd, once the sheep eat it down to the nubbins, they need to then lead their sheep through the valley of the shadow of death at times to the next place. So he was a faithful shepherd. He was being faithful even where he was at that point. And so this is where we find him. He's on the Mount Sinai with his sheep, with the pastures, and he's leading through. And in Exodus 3, verse 1, we find this. In Exodus 3, verse 1, it says this. One day Moses was uh, tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Mount Sinai, uh, to, to Sinai, the mount, mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire in the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. He stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flame, it did not burn up. This is amazing, said uh, Moses said to himself. Why isn't this bush burning up? I must go and see it. So he sees a burning bush. He goes closer, and he has a God encounter. 
When, when the Lord says, remove your, your Birkenstocks, this is holy ground. He goes closer and, and he has a God moment. He, has a, he encounters God and God calls him by name. In verse 4, it says, uh, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. He said something very smart. Here I am, Moses replied. But what's amazing here is that God didn't call, hey, you, hey, somebody. He said, Moses, Moses. See, it's a personal call. That God knows you and he's calling you by name. It's a specific, it's a personal call. And Moses says, here I am. Takes off his shoes and God then lays out. He says, I've heard the cry of the Israelites. I'm going to save them. And he lays out their, his plan for them. And he says, I'm going to rescue them. And he calls Moses. In verse 10, it says this. In, in verse 10, it says, now go for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. So God is calling Moses. He says, Moses, Moses. Then he gives him the plan, the call of God. And like, this is the moment. This is like Moses, like quite killed for this moment earlier. But this is a holy moment where he's encountering God, where he's in the presence of the Lord, where God is calling him. And yet Moses, in this amazing moment, in this encounter with God, responds in a way that doesn't make sense. Responds in a strange way. He didn't respond like, here I am, send me. He didn't respond, if God is for me, who can be against me? flips on his Birkenstocks and he marches off. No, no, no. He responds in a way that is so interesting and in a way that actually I think maybe even at times you and I can respond when God calls us. He, he, he does this. He responds, but Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? What? Why did he respond that way? In this holy moment when he was encountering God, where God called him by name with a burning bush. Like I would take a small little plant burning. No, there's a bush. Why did he? Why did he? And I think even the same way Moses responded oftentimes is the same way we can respond. Did, uh, did you brave the stampede this year? No. No. Well, I have young kids. I did. I ran over four people with a stroller. Um, I, just, I just treated it like I was at Costco on a Saturday. I just went and I figured people would figure it out. Um, but... I, I've, I grew up in Calgary, uh, born and raised in Calgary. And so part of that, I have a heart for the city, love the city. Um, and I also, I got to work at the Saddle Dome um, in, as a teenager. And uh, I was working in the kitchen in the Saddle Dome. First little check had the Calgary flame symbol on it. It was pretty cool. Oh, $54, here we go. <laughs> 
But and and but uh, so I took the C train down. It was during the stampede, and I was at the the C train station waiting for my train. And I saw this guy that I I knew from school from afar, and and he was shout, he shouted at me, "Hey!" And this was perplexing because this guy was not the nicest to me. Just to put it nicely. I actually didn't really know him that well, but he was not nice to me. And he was from afar. Hey! And he had this huge smile on his face. It's like, hey! Whoa. And then he starts walking towards me. And he's like so excited. He's and he's going closer. And he's like, hey, it's so good to see you. Hey! And I'm just coming close. He's coming closer. He's coming closer. And then finally he's about here. And I'm like, oh, hey, man. And we do this like weird handshake <laughs> thing that was awkward. And his face changes from this to this. <laughs> oh, hey, man. And then he steps around me. And there was a girl standing literally right behind me. Oh, he wasn't calling me at all. He was calling that girl. He wasn't happy to see me. He was, he was happy to see her. And so because of that, now whenever anybody calls me, because of my past, because now whenever anybody calls me, I do one of these. Are you calling me? And I question if you are calling me. With a name like Josiah, you could call me anything and I respond. But now... When someone calls, if I'm in a crowd, I'll do one of these and make sure, are you really calling me because of my past? And Moses, this is because when God called Moses because of his past, he questioned the call. When God called Moses, he looked around, who am I? Is, is it really me? That when God, God laid out, called him, laid out the plan, when there was a God moment, God calls in the plan, the purpose for God to use him for God's plan, God's purpose. Uh, he then looks around, is it really me? And he gives every excuse of why it can't be him. I think like Moses, that because of our past, at times we can question God's call to his plan, his purpose, the upward call because of our past. And we can give excuses when God calls. Why was, why was Moses in Midian? Like it wasn't like, oh, where are you going for vacation? I'm in Midian. I just loved it so much. I'm here for 40 years. No, he was in Midian because as Pastor Ryan said last week, he, he saw a, an Egyptian beating a, a Israelite, and so he killed the Egyptian, hid him in sand, went back the next day, and he saw guys who were fighting, Israelites who were fighting, and said, guys, don't fight, don't fight, yo, you're bros, don't fight. And then they say to him, who made you judge and ruler over us? Are you going to kill us like you killed that Egyptian? And so he had a past. And he, what did he do? He ran to Midian. He ran to Midian. He ran away. See, Moses had a past. His past was he was a murderer. He was rejected by the people he was trying to save. And he was a runner. He ran. That is his past. That is his past. And like Moses, you 
probably have a different, if you're in the room physically right now, you probably have a different past than have a past we all have a past and our past the things that did or didn't happen the things that 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 happened our past can actually shape our perception how we see ourselves how we see others how we see God how we see the call of God and our past when our past is shaped or when our perception is shaped by our past, it actually creates a it creates a prison that then we we can live out of. So that when God calls Moses, his 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 perception is shaped by his past, and so now he's responding with excuses out of the prison of his past. Out of the prison of his past. Proverbs 23 7 says this: as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. How you see yourself here becomes a reality out there. See, our perception can shape our past. And so when God calls you, it can instead be excuses because of the past. Well, well, there's this, there's this, there's this. And it's amazing. In several thousand years, those years, human nature really hasn't changed. And that we can be, our past can shape our perception and create a prison. That when God calls us, like Moses, we can make excuses of why it is not us. When God calls us. But here's, here's the fact. That God is calling you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. He has a upward call for you, as Philippians 3.14 says, that, that God has a plan for you. But often, because of our past, the things we did or didn't do, the things that happened or didn't happen, can shape our perception, and we can make excuses when God calls. But yet, God will make a way. God will make a way. See, Moses gives excuses of why I can't do it out of the prison. But God responds to every excuse with the truth. With the truth. And what scripture tells us that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will be made free by the truth. Even the prison of your past and the perceptions that you put on yourself. And today we know that the, the truth isn't just some facts that we know. The truth is a person. His name is Jesus. That we can know the truth today and the truth will set you free. That today you can come to the upward call of God on your life. Not dictated by your past. Dictated by who he is. What he says. Now we see this. Exodus 3.10. 11 I should say. He, we see Moses' first excuse. Exodus 3, 11, he says this. He says, but Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel, uh, people of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? Who am I? I see this as Moses sees no value. He, sees no, he doesn't see self-worth in himself. He felt useless. He had nothing to contribute. Who am I? Who am I? I tried it once. I failed. I'm a runner now. Who am I? Maybe you feel this way. Who am I? 
What, is, what value do I have? God, you're, you're calling me to this, but what value do I have? What value do I have to this? You might feel this way, but can I, can I tell you the truth? God is the one who created you. He is the one who's called you. You are not made by mistake, no matter the situation of how you came or you were born or how you're here. It's not by mistake. See, oftentimes God sees in us the things that we don't see because of our perception. But God sees us and he calls us. See, God responds to Moses in Exodus uh, 3 verse 12. He responds like this. I will be with you. God said, I will be with you, Moses. Today, God is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Today, God is with you. God is with you. He, you know, your value is not by what you've done, what you, your past. Your value is determined by whose you are. You are a child of God. You were paid for by a price. That, that actually, what, what value does God put on me? God in flesh, his own son given to you, for you so that you can be brought back to God. What value do you have in the sight of God? The price of Jesus. See, God puts a value on you. You are valuable because of whose you are, who you are. See, your, your um, abilities, uh, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I'm not going to go there. Shelf that abilities. Shelf that. We'll pick it up later. It's not dusty now, so we're good. But, you know, like a craftsman, a craftsman, a, a, a chisel really is just like a hunk of metal, right? Like, oh, cool, you got a sharp point. But in the hand of a good craftsman, that chisel can make amazing works of art. Works of art that people like fly across the world, stand in line at the Louvre when there's like, you got to pay multiple euros for a toilet and you're waiting and you finally go in and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Because a chisel was in the hand of a very ready and capable craftsman. Today, you might feel like, I'm just a hunk of metal. Metal, though. Right? Like, you're like, I've been working out, but that's all what I got, God. But yet, in the hands of the master craftsman, you are a valuable tool to God. That you are valuable to God. That God is with you. That you are a child of God. What's interesting to me in this next part is that God says, here's the sign. Um, when you have brought, uh, uh, let's see. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. I have a sign for you that I'm calling you because a burning bush, Moses, isn't enough. But here's a sign. After you bring the people out, then you will know I was with you. Question. Can I get a pre-sign? Like, can I get something ahead of time? Oftentimes, I don't know about you, but when God calls us to step out in faith, when God calls us to follow him, when God calls us to the ways that he has for us, many times, maybe you're like me, uh, could you tell me ahead of time? Could you show me ahead of time? But here's the thing, is that God calls us to step out by faith. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, or the, hope for, the evidence of things not yet seen. There we go. And so the scripture also tells us that it is impossible to please God without faith. God is going to call you to something that pleases him, not you. 
And so that means then that God is going to call you to something that needs to be, can only be walked out in faith because he's calling you to something that will please him. So then in, in other words, that we need to walk in, walk out what God calls us by faith. We can't wait until we see in the natural. Okay, here's the sign. It's afterwards. Now, the second excuse Moses gives is in Exodus 4.1. Uh, the guys at the back were 4.11, 4.11. Get your numbers right, Josiah. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? Uh-uh, he didn't say that to you. I find here, it's like Moses was approaching this like he failed before he even began. That I'm a failure before I even began. Uh, I made up my mind, they're not going to believe me. I made up my mind, I'm approaching this like a failure already. And you think of this, this past, the last dealings with the Israelites was not, was not good. It's when they said, who are you to be judge over us? Uh, uh, you're, not, you're not a judge over us. Are you going to kill us like they did him or the, the Egyptian? I can see this, is that Moses was replaying the past. The last time he dealt with his people, replaying the past. Here's the thing, is when you replay the past over and over you then start to pre-play your future. And it's dictated, or your perception is, the past that you've been replaying, now you're going to pre-play what's going to happen, what's going to happen, how it's going to look. And, 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 and you pre-play it. But you see, you cannot allow condemnation from the past, the things of the past to dictate what God is calling you today. Romans 8.1 says, therefore there is now no condemnation in Christ. Right now, right now there is no condemnation in Christ. There is no condemnation. And God's response to Moses, this, this, this excuse, this rebuttal is, is interesting. He says, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? Looks at his hand. It's it's a staff. It's a shepherd's staff. It's uh, it's something that would have been very common, very familiar to him. A stick with a little curve on it, and uh, something very very common to him. And and the stick he would have been using it all the time to rescue sheep. Sheep find ledges all the time. Oh, there's a ledge. Let me get there. And you gotta help them out. Oh, there's a bush. Let me hop in there. Oh, there's water. Let me go in there. And so he would have been using that so common to us or to him. What's something that's common to you that you're just so used to it? Like I'm good at music. Like yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm good at that. Or like I'm good at talking with people and connecting with people. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm good with it. Or I'm good at building systems. Or I can look at like blueprints and see it out there before before anything. Or see, God put that there as not just like oh, it's a like oh, so nice. You have this thing in your hand. No, God put that there as part of His call, as part of His call. Now, God told Moses, what's in your hand? Okay, take what's in your hand, put it on the ground, and it, the stick became a snake. Whoa! And then he tells them something that I would have hesitated on. Now, Moses, pick up the snake. Man, I would have been like, eh. But he picks it up, and it's a stick again. How many times did he go like, 
Snake stick. Snake stick. Snake stick. And snake stick, right? Like snake stick. And then God says, okay, show this to the Israelites. What is in your hand? And this will be a sign to them that I am with you. See, God used what was in his hand for the call, for God's call in his life. God can cause uh, a miracles to happen through that stick. That, that God divided waters and freed people through that stick. That God brought uh, water out of a rock from that stick. The necessities. God defeated armies as he held up that stick. Uh, you know, why was that stick in his hand? Moses could have been like, well, you know... Met this girl at the watering hole, and you know, her father in law was into sheep, and so I just naturally took on the family business, and so I've been carrying this around. And, and he could have, like, you know, just like, well, it's just something that I have, something that I do. But it was actually something that was common, was actually purposefully put there by God. Purposely put there by God. And, and what, when Moses put what was common in his hand, into God's hand, it actually became the rod of God. It no longer became a stick. It became a rod of God. Here's what it says in uh, Exodus 4, verse 20. Exodus 4, 20 says, So Moses took his wife and sons and put them on a donkey, like probably minivan donkey or something. I don't know how that would have worked. And he headed back to the land of Egypt. In his hand, instead of a stick now, he carried the staff of God. Whoa, what God has put in your hand, when you put it into his hand, it suddenly becomes a rod in which God can use for what he's called you to do. See, your ability is not God's liability at all. See, the next excuse we see Moses say is uh, in 4 verse 10, Exodus 4 verse 10, it says, But Moses pleaded with the Lord, Lord, I am not very good with words. I have never been. I'm not. Now, even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. In other words, my natural abilities are what you need. I don't have naturally what you're calling me to do. You know, it, it, it could sound, maybe it sounds like this. Maybe you've said this. God, listen, that's not my personality. Um, God, like, this is not how I, uh, this, it's, I'm not really a risk taker, God. Um, I, I, I just don't have that training, God. It, it's just not me. Uh, and it's interesting to me is that Moses thought that God needed the natural to accomplish his plan. That he needed what Moses could bring naturally, like, here's my resume, God. Yeah, I know um, PowerPoint. I uh, can actually do Microsoft Word. Oh, great. This is exactly what I needed. I was looking the whole earth, search, searching, <laughs> searching to and fro. <laughs> but no, that God does not need our natural. Instead, like Zechariah 4, 6 says, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by my spirit, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You may say, I don't have what it takes. The truth is, sometimes, many times, you might not. But if we look at Moses, that actually when we are weak, God is strong. That when we are weak, God is strong, right? Second uh, Corinthians 12 says. So where are you weak? Oh, great. God is strong there. God is strong there. 
And God's reply is in, in the next verse, in 4 verse 11, he says this. Then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Remember, he's saying, I can't speak. Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Listen, Moses, I made you. I made your mouth. And I made you. I know you better than you know yourself. And I still chose you. I know you and I'm still choosing you. He's not relying on your natural abilities. He's actually requesting, calling us to actually live a life surrendered fully to him. And as we do, then God will take that and work in and through it for his glory. That he'll work in and through you. Exodus 4, verse 13, we see Moses. He makes another, another excuse. Maybe you have made this one. Exodus 4, verse 13 says this. It says, but Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, uh, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? I wrote down, I'm telling you the wrong one. I'm reading 3, verse 12. I know, love, I know Pastor Ryan, you guys know this off the back of your hand. I was testing you because he would have taught that and you would have been like, oh, I know this. Uh, Exodus 4 verse 11, um, it says this. Exodus 4 verse 11 says, then the, oh, I already read that. Where am I at, people? 13. Thanks, guys. But Moses again pleaded. See, look, he's not even... He's not even going for your abilities. Pleaded, Lord, please. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Send somebody else. Send somebody else. God, you're making the wrong choice. And I feel like maybe that's the imposter syndrome. Yeah, like there's someone better. I feel like God, someone better that than than me and and we he can compare i think he was comparing himself like there's someone better i think we can compare ourselves to other people like we live in an age with social media like it's it's very you can compare like we see uh we measure our daily life to people's highlights of their life we can compare a very comparing culture but here's the thing is that god chose you don't look at others to do what god has called you to do you know, God has called you to be a parent. Don't be like, oh, look at them. They're just so good at being a parent. Like, how do they do all these things? Look, they just posted on social media that this, here's my morning routine. I wake up at this time, make a coffee. And then, oh, I'm not here for the job. Like, for this job, God, like, am I here? God, God has called you to that. Like, if you are in a, if you have a job, which you do, it's not just a job. It's a call. If you are a Christian, it is a call that God has placed you. You're like, I, I don't, God says, pray for this person. I don't know about this God. Like, I'm not like, uh, well, God has, God has called you to do it, not someone else. That business that God has put in your heart to start, God has called you to do it, to bring glory to God. His response is interesting in Exodus 4 verse 14. He says this, he says, then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well, and look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted. It's an interesting response. It almost seems like he's giving in to Moses' demand. 
actually see it a different way. Is that I actually see it as that community around Moses. That there's community around Moses. Community to come alongside Moses, even in his weakness. And that today that we actually have the body of Christ, the church, to, to come alongside one another, not to compare one to one another. And that we can actually come alongside one another. Now, Moses and Aaron, they've gone to Pharaoh. They've gone to Pharaoh and they, they've said, hey, uh, let my people go. And it becomes worse. It becomes worse. And here's where we see Moses' final excuse that we're going to touch on today. In Exodus 5, verse 22, it says this. So it has not gone well. Pharaoh makes it harder on them. This is what Moses says. Moses went back to the Lord and protested. Why have you brought me all, uh, all this trouble on your own people, Lord? Why did you send me? Why did you send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as, you, as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to your people and you have done nothing to rescue them. I see here that he's saying, I've done what you said, but I'm not seeing the fruit. I'm not seeing the result that I thought would happen in my time. I'm not seeing the fruit. I've attempted to do this and look where we're at. Look how it is now. And God responds to this. I am working. He responds, I am working and you will see what I'm doing. Be patient. I am working. And what's happening is more than you see right now. He is working behind the scenes. You know, what's interesting with God is he has a process. Genesis 8, verse 22, it says, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed, this uncomfortable thing called time, and then harvest. And when God will call you, the word comes forward. His word is an incorruptible seed. It will come to you. He will call you and you step out by faith. And there's this uncomfortable thing called time. And you can give up in that time. Why hasn't it happened yet? I've done what you've said for me to do. But right now you're just in God's process. There was the seed of God's word. You acted by faith. Now you remain in faith. Keep doing what he's called you to do. Keep stepping, keep walking. And in due time, you will receive the harvest. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. See, Moses' past shaped his perception. It shaped his perception and it created a prison that he operated out. So that when there was a holy moment where God was coming to him, that he gave excuses. But today, see, God is calling you. Can I encourage you? Don't allow your past to shape your perspective and create a prison. Instead, know this, God is calling you. He's calling you to his plan for his purpose and for his glory. 
He's calling you. And today you can know the truth even more. Jesus and the truth will set you free. In Jesus' name.